0: Hey listeners, I just want to quickly warn uh, you guys that um, listening through the audio recording, I realized that my keyboard makes the absolute most obnoxiously loud noise. Uh, You will be hearing it um, periodically throughout the episode. I don't think it's too many, but yeah, be warned. There is some loud, loud, loud typing, Uh, so... Just wanted to quickly just uh, apologize and warn you guys that we'll be coming. Uh, please enjoy the episode. Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 195 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to talk about um, a little bit of Kings. There hasn't been a lot of Kings news, but uh, th- there was a, well, two hires, and then one that's not official yet, or is it official? God damn it, I forgot. <laughs> um, but uh, there, there is news, uh, some hirings. Uh, there's apparently been hangouts, I guess, like training and such. Some of the Kings players are in Sacramento, is basically the point. And then we'll end with some talk about uh, the Warriors game three and game four. Did we talk about game three yet?
1: I actually don't remember. <laughs>
0: God damn it. You're supposed to remember because I don't remember. But anyways, <laughs> we'll talk about game three and game four uh, because I, yeah, as we said, be forgotten uh, if we did game three yet. So, but anyways, uh, let's get started. Of course, you hear his voice is Fong. Hello. Okay, so uh as as you know, I just mentioned some players are in Sacramento. Uh as far as I know, I think the names were Chemezi Metsu, um, Damian Jones, De'Aaron Fox, the Sabonis, who seems to be everywhere with the Kings nowadays, uh, Davion, but notice noticeable kind of like guys that are not in these um, you know, hangouts in Sacramento in the offseason, uh Dante and Harrison, man. I, Harrison, uh, is not as big of a thing, a big of a deal to me. I think he's just busy, but Dante is kind of interesting because we've heard about his, uh, we've heard about his kind of like, you know, let's just say kerfuffle with the Kings front office. So it's kind of noticeable that he's not there. Not so mm. much Harrison, in my opinion, but you know, Dante not being there is might, do you think, is a story that's going to be something?
1: Uh, To be honest, I'm not too concerned much with Dante part, but Harrison, I mean, I guess it's understandable. Uh, I I mean, I I don't use too much social media, so I I mean, I guess it could be. Well, why not? It's a
0: beautiful place of all very positive people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but uh, going off the social media stuff, uh, I mean, I I guess I could have checked their profile to see where their whereabouts are, but I mean... I'm not gonna bother too much. Uh with Dante, I mean, it, I guess it depends if we find a replacement for him. I mean, if he's willing to, you know, take that, I guess, pay cut. wait, what what were we projecting to pay him if he were to stay? Wait, what, 10, 8, 10 million?
0: Yeah, somewhere around there. I, I think the kings want to pay him eight and he wants probably 15. So it's kind of like you gotta meet in the middle somewhere. I think he ultimately ends up around 10, 12, probably.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, are you concerned with either of these two, to be honest?
0: As I mentioned, Harrison, I'm not as, like, concerned. I think he he might be on vacation or something, but I think he does live in Sacramento. I'm not not sure. But, like, Dante, like, this all might be nothing, honestly. Like, once he gets his new contract and just everything just goes, like, goes smoothly, like, and then they just go into the season. And, you know, we don't remember this at all. But this can also kind of go south definitely uh like Dante is very un unha- he's he's unhappy and his uh, representation is unhappy with his contract situation with the fact that you know he did they he thought they helped they didn't start him to kind of screw him on his contract but like you know it I, I don't think it makes much of a difference like in my opinion but it's not my money but like there's this has the potential to go south for sure but I think if I were to, if I were a betting man, I would say everything just gets kind of ironed out and he gets his money one way or the other.
1: Yeah. And to be honest, I, I don't care if he, you know, stays or goes, to be honest, I feel like we could find a replacement.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, this was pretty interesting. So I listened to a uh, Saturday slam gym on the, uh, on the athletic podcast there. We are not sponsored by them. Um, so very interesting tidbit. So like next next season if this if the team stays the way it is for the most part like let's just say we draft jade and ivy let's say one of the top three does not fall to us that's a lot of guards again on our team yeah and dante might be the odd man out because this was a very interesting thing so um so there's a there's a stat out there called the raptor and think of it almost like basically like if you're ranked number one you're the best player in the league I believe Jokic was like number one I believe and then like basically like when the lower the number you are the worse player that that you are DeMontis I believe was like in the 20s which is very impressive uh De'Aaron Fox unfortunately like in the 70s if I remember right but you know sandwiched in between you want to take a guess who's like who's one of those players who uh, you know according to the stat which doesn't really mean it's not the end-all be-all but it's a good indication of how good a player is like if you remember back in Call of Duty when we played Call of Duty think of it as a score per minute type stat that's Uh kind of that's kind of what it is like you want to take a guess who's sandwiched between uh Sabonis and Fox
1: that's also in the Kings
0: also in the Kings well oh no I want you to guess the entire NBA
1: yeah I know (laughs) Uh, oh man. Is it Davion?
0: It is not Davion. I believe he's really low. Well, he's like in the hundreds. It's uh-huh. not like crazy low. It's out of 400 players. So okay. it's not terrible.
1: I mean, I'm going to guess Barnes then.
0: It is not Barnes. It is not Barnes. It is not Barnes. It's Terrence Davis. What? Look, like Terrence Davis has some really good games. And I like, I just, I honestly think what once he's back, like if he's back on this team, he kind of addresses some of the shooting woes. And the point I bring that up is, you have so many 6'4 guys, you do need a wing at some point. And like, I'm assuming Justin Holliday is not on the team. There's a chance he might be on the team, I'd be okay with it. But like, you need some wings and you're you're once again overstocked with like six four six five guys. Granted, they're not as offensively limited Like um Buddy for for example, that was kind of one of the big issues. You had to play Buddy. But again, you have a pretty you have a, again an overflow of six-four guys, and I'm not sure if you can go into next season with this three-car lineup stuff again. It's gonna be tough to play them. And if like things shake out the way they do, like if we end up with Jaden Ivy, if we end up with Shane Sharp, or you know, like you know, if we draft Keegan Martin, maybe that's not that's not gonna be as big of an issue, but if you draft any guard like you're going to have an overflow and like Dante just might not have, just might not have like, you know, playing time because there's just too many damn guards on this team.
1: Hmm. That's true. Jesus. Um, I mean, who knows what we're going to draft because there's been so many news is like, Oh, we're going to trade up. We're going to trade down. I mean, who knows what's going to happen when we, uh, when the draft comes around, but yeah, we got to figure out this, um, position now and hopefully polish out that wing position sometime
0: yeah uh especially around this time like any news that you hear of like you know your team wants to do this this player wants that just uh just always take it with a grain of salt especially now like at this time because there there's a lot of smoke screens some people are just putting shit out there and they're trying to throw you know throw guys off the scent and just kind of like confuse everyone on what you know what they're trying to do these teams they're what they're trying to do so be be wary of bullshit around this time of year mm-hmm. uh, one more thing i just have a wild prediction like i for some reason his name hasn't really come up much i i don't feel in in like draft circles now shane sharp i think he's going number two I, that's, just th- that's just that's just kind of my that's just kind of my I, my thought process right now if if he doesn't go number two i, I think i'm hoping that the kings are trading up and that they they take Shane sharp at four in the trade for whoever number two is uh, whether that's jabari or chet like that's oh. that's just a wild prediction i have oh gee uh. because the reason why i'm saying like Shane sharp is probably might be going to okc it's it's gone where It's weirdly quiet on the Shane Sharp front. I feel.
1: Hmm. You think something's been already settled within uh, whoever wants Shane Sharp?
0: I don't think so. Like they, these things can change within an instant. But like I just feel with all this smokescreen about like oh maybe Chet will drop to the four, which uh, that is I don't think that's going to happen. I think Thady doesn't make past three. And like you know uh, OKC really likes Jade and Ivy. Um, and like rockets are just you know contemplating essentially I just feel like there's a lot of smoke screens right now and I think just like for whatever reason Shaden Sharp has kind of dropped out of like the top five in, in discussions
1: mm. Mm. it's hard to say I mean it's there's so many news saying this or that now it's just all clickbait at this point and uh, I'm just gonna wait till draft and see what's polished out because it's it's getting a little too much for me. I think.
0: Yeah, and again, it's honestly, just better not to pay attention to anything during this time of the year. Again, smoke screen, smoke screen, smoke screens. But as I, I think I've mentioned it before uh, on an earlier podcast, OKC is very. I don't. Is it pro? I don't think "prone" is the right word, but like they do some weird shit in the draft like last year Josh giddy was like mocked from anywhere from 9 to 14 and lo, lo and behold he goes not he goes sixth like they pass up on Kaminga like for him and you know time will tell if that's the right pick Kaminga looks great Josh Giddey looks great but like I don't think I'll, I don't think really anyone like mocked Josh giddy to go number six so OKC okay, has a has a weird propensity to do some weird shit and it might and it might end up working out but and that's just kind of where I see Shane Sharp fitting in—just this mystery man, this guy that like just seems like no one really knows what to make of, and is just like such a high-risk, high-reward type thing that I think OKC would take a stab at it.
1: Mm, yeah, I feel like they got the <laughs> pretty much the time to develop uh, all those guys, and you know, in the future that'd be a pretty interesting lineup with uh, Giddy, uh, Shea, and. Um... Sharpen their team.
0: Yeah, that, and you know, like Chet, like that—that's an interesting one. Like, I—I I swear if they don't—they don't draft Chet because they have pope That'd be so funny. But oh you know, God,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, you know, we'll 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 see what happens. Uh, so, anyways, that's kind of my two cents about like the about the draft. Um, once it gets closer, who knows? I might change my opinion. Um, but as of as of now, I'm predicting something weird happens with OKC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, there have been new hires uh, on assistant coaches. So, uh, this had been, I guess, not reported, but it had been kind of like, well, it had been reported by Mark Stein, but it wasn't confirmed until this week. Uh, Luke Laux is going to be, has been officially hired, or the the tweet came out that he, that they are, they basically signed a, signed a contract with them. So I guess it's uh, official now. So Luke, Luke Laux. So L O U C K S that's like, I I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, Luke Laux and Jay Triano uh, now officially hired as assistant coaches. So I would, you know, come here and tell you what these guys do well and what they're from i'm sorry i don't know much about these guys (laughs) it's just i I haven't done the research on them but that is something that has happened so yeah what are your thoughts what are your thoughts what is your expert opinion on these uh and these very uh well-known coaches if you will
1: yeah i mean i just did a quick google search before this. uh is from you know florida state and jay triano is you know he's been around for quite a while uh head coach as the Phoenix Suns from was it 17 to 18 and then assistant for Charlotte Hornets. Um, yeah, out to be honest don't recognize any, uh either of them. Um, I mean if it if you know brown were the one or, or was the one that hired them I pretty much have full faith in what he hires and you know. Hopefully uh, yeah things go well I, i'm actually kind of wondering if they're in Napa right now helping the can uh, work out
0: so i just kind of looked through their wikipedia so luke La- luke Laos hasn't been around much he's only 32 which is crazy young mm. um apparently so the mo- the kind of most notable thing that i'm seeing oh well we talked about this in the earlier episode yes coat was on was interned for the golden state warriors and was on the nigerian national team ah. uh jay triano has a very very kind of Vast uh, experience. It was sixty three. Wow. Cool. wow.
1: Sixty three. Okay.
0: Yeah, he's been a, he's been around since like nineteen eighty eight, which is crazy. Or Jeez. no, ni- 1985. Sorry, nineteen ninety five. And yeah, like he. Let me see. The last stop he had was with the Suns, I believe.
1: Or Charlotte Hornets as oh, Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. as assistant.
0: Now, this one little line, sorry, <laughs> this one little line is that the Charlotte Hornets, okay, yeah, but, um, yeah, very, a lot of experience, and, yeah, we'll see what he does, maybe, he, maybe, like, you know, it's a good thing that, it's, well, at least, I hope this is Mike, these are Mike Brown hires, because I've heard stories from James Hamm that Luke, uh, Luke Walton, that is, uh, had a lot of issues with his uh, coaching staff, and that they didn't really know each other that well, and it caused a lot of, like, Caused a lot of confusion, not not issues per se, like with each other, but just like, you know, they just didn't vibe as well. And, you know, like if these are Mike Brown hires, that's a good thing. And, you know, he seemed like I think Mike Brown has kind of shown he does kind of know what he's doing. And, you know, the track record dict kind of like projects that he probably will do well as a head coach. And yeah, he's kind of forming his, you know, his crew, if you will. And hopefully this goes well for the Kings.
1: Mm, let's hope so uh now that i dig about it um with luke Wauks, uh was jamesi in the nigerian team he was yes he was so he has played with brown and luke hmm
0: so mm. you know like you never know like kings might have consulted like metu for this and you know this might even influence like metu and coming back possibly
1: mm, yeah that's right we still have to sign him right
0: uh, I believe he's a. He, I think he's non-guaranteed. So, like, I think it's a team option. Let me let me check real quick. I actually don't know.
1: Well, if it's a team option for the right price, I mean, I don't mind uh, bringing him back. I mean, he has I, I to... think
0: if he comes back, it'll be the right price. He, he I, I think his salary last year was like under a million dollars.
1: Oh man. Well, hopefully he gets paid. <laughs> That's.
0: Uh, okay, so he. So 22-23, he, he does, I think he is signed. It says he's an unrestricted free agent. Let me see. Two, two million guaranteed annual salary. So I, I think he will be on the team, yes.
1: Hmm, okay. I,
0: I, I don't know if there's, so no, 2022 non-guaranteed. doesn't say anything about, so 2022, is it this upcoming season? I'm not even sure. So like, yeah. it might be non-guaranteed right now.
1: Uh, are we talking about the 2022-2023 season?
0: So it does not, yeah, that it does not specify.
1: Oh, I'm I'm just gonna assume so, to be honest.
0: Yeah, so I'm guessing like they have a chance to like you know guarantee the money and re-sign him uh, this upcoming this off season. I I I do I do want him to stick around. I you know we do like him, but like he's got he's got to cut out the dribbling. He's got to cut out the mm-hmm. mid range shots. So. I mean, like, if he's just a cutter and, like, you know, I guess he can shoot some threes, he's not great there. But, like, you know, like, if if he just functions as a cutter, I I like that. I just don't want him dribbling and, you know, trying to do and one shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, give him some spot minutes. Um, Yeah. A little less shooting, too. I feel I want to see, you know, I want to see develop the three point shot over the summer. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Well, let's hope. But, anyways, yes, that will basically. That's basically the new two new hires. Uh, however, uh, a hire, well, not really a hire, but I guess a confirmation that he will stay. Doug Christie will stay on as an assistant coach for the Sacramento Kings.
1: Mm, well, that's great. <laughs> I mean, that was part of the deal back in,
0: when we hired Brown, right? <laughs> um, yes, that's, when, that's been talked about. I mean, who knows? But like, now we know that he will stay. So, and like, from what I've heard, like, you know, Doug Christie is a great guy. Like, he he's not one of those... You you have you've watched enough Game of Thrones to understand Littlefinger, right? Not really. Uh he's the scheming sack of shit who, you know, like basically he tell he he's he turns people against each other. He's a backstabber. He's a backstabber, essentially. Oh. Um, so basically he's not that kind of guy. Doug is not that kind of guy. He's a guy that, you know, everyone's loved him, whoever's worked with him, man. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think his heart's in the right place in that he is legitimately trying to, you know, get this, get the Sacramento Kings back in the playoffs and he wants to like, you know, actually coach. So like, I think he's a good, I think he's a good guy to have around for sure.
1: Oh yeah. He's definitely, uh, I guess you could say a player's coach. <laughs> i don't know if that's the right word
0: yeah so from what i've heard he's a very charismatic guy that can connect with the players so yeah that's what that's that would be that would probably be on his resume for sure
1: mm-hmm. yeah hopefully we will see uh him as a head coach maybe sometime in the future too that'd be pretty interesting
0: well let's hope uh let's hope like doug's you know continues his you know I guess upward trajectory. This was a weird year, to say the least. Uh, that that just happened. So hopefully next year is a little bit smoother for him. Anyways, uh, d- now let's move on to uh, other topics, particularly uh, Game Three and Game Four of the NBA Finals, because we again we forgot if we covered Game Three or not, but Game Three, uh, the Celtics basically control the game for pretty much the entire time except this little stretch in the third quarter where Steph got Steph got a four point play, got a flagrant foul. And basically it was a seven point, uh, 7 point possession was what they called it. And, and the Warriors briefly took the lead until I believe it was Marcus Smart that hit a three. And after that three, they never really looked back as you know, the the Warriors just look kind of dead in the water. Like, they just didn't have any more energy in the fourth to kind of, like, you know, fight back and possibly take the lead. And the Celtics were able to run away with it. Uh, what did you think of game three?
1: Yeah, that fourth quarter seemed pretty much taken over by Celtics for sure. Um, you know, anything that has to do with Marcus Smart hitting freeze, I mean, that's always a plus for the Celtics uh other than that yeah i feel like clay uh, he needs to stop taking some rash shots i think
0: like he has the cachet to do that is the thing like i mean game six clay like championship clay like he has the cachet to do that to like do the kind of stuff he does and like you know to not get benched but jesus christ like some of the shots he takes are so bad like he, he just has to just get rid of the part where he dribbles. Like, just don't dribble the ball, pass it to someone else. But, like, that kind of goes into the other issue is that Steph has to create everything. Like, he's the only guy that can really score consistently and open up, like, the sh- – open up shots for his teammates. And this is kind of, unfortunately, how it's been, especially since Draymond's been terrible.
1: Yeah, I mean – he tries his best in terms of like rebounding and assist and defense. But I mean, can't really rely on his offense for sure.
0: He is the worst finisher I think I've ever seen. There, yeah. there, like there was one fast break layup where quote unquote, Robert Williams was behind him and quote unquote, got a hand on the ball. And, but like, I, I've rewatched it. No, he just blew the layup on the fast break. And like, there was kind of contest, but like, he can't finish at all anymore no. i don't know what's going on
1: yeah and it, if he draws a foul as well i mean do we trust him in the free throw line too
0: so that's the weird thing i actually do trust him at the free throw line i know he shoots like 60 percent, but for whatever reason i trust him at the free throw line but like he ain't not get into the free throw line so what does it matter there was one play where he basically just drove into robert williams trying to get contact and then, like you know, he screams at the ref for like you know for the no call. But like, motherfucker, finish the shot. You were <laughs> you were fucking open, and it's just like, man, it's bad. Like he, like, so so. B ball breakdown was like saying, who who do you think is uh, worse at finishing layup, Looney or Draymond?
1: Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, probably be Draymond.
0: I, yeah. At this point. Uh, yeah. Like, like I'll say this about Looney. Looney just can't get up. Like he he's never been that guy. So like, you can't expect him to do crazy good finishes, but like Draymond is just, man, I don't know what's going on with him. And like right now, like the other team is not guarding him at all. And just, mm. they're just clogging up the lane. even their counter where like his man is sagging off so far off of him. And like what Draymond does is that he he gets the ball and then dribble pitches with Steph or Clay. And and because Draymond's man is not guarding him, like that guy can just, you know, come around for a screen for a wide open three. But like that's not even working anymore. So it's like he he's he's hurting the team a lot more than he's hoping for sure.
1: Yeah, he's no longer the fret that we thought he could have been, but uh and uh what I was about to say. For sure, I want to talk about Robert Williams. Dear God, that guy is a defensive menace. <laughs> from uh, all according
0: players. to Fogg in Game One and Game Three, he didn't even notice him out
1: there. I know, I know, I didn't notice him at all for some reason. But when I was uh, seeing a three and four, I was like, "Oh my gosh. <laughs> this guy, this guy, defending the best he can. He's just blocking everything."
0: Like as I mentioned, he is a defensive difference maker. He's just huge. He's he's really like he's really mobile for his size too. And then like just you know, like the instinct. I didn't think he was this good, like overall, but like he is he like he's he's big, he has good rim protection uh instincts, and yeah, he's just real he's way better than I ever expected, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, congrats to Celtics for uh getting this guy because my gosh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure without him, I feel like the Warriors have a lot better chance. But with him on the floor, dear God, it's it's pretty tough game to the paint sometimes for them.
0: Okay, you want to take a guess, uh, like what pick he was? It actually surprised and me now that I'm looking at it.
1: Try to remember, but I'm gonna say in the late teens.
0: No, he's he was twenty-seven. <laughs>
1: Even later, Jesus.
0: After- well, the, the issue, I mean, you kind of get why, because he, few years ago, was just really erratic in terms of just consistency. Like, he would, he would, like, <laughs> I think, uh, I think a Celtics beat reporter, Jay King, described him as he would be the guy that blocks the shit out of the ball, but then throw the ball to the other team right away was kind of what he was but like nowadays he's so he's all very consistent for the most part the only issue that's holding him back nowadays is that he's not healthy and even in these finals like you know every time like you see him limping you're like oh god
1: Mm, I see let's see is he playing limited minutes because it seems like he doesn't play more than 30 minutes at a time
0: yes so he 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 had like surgery on his knee like right basically a few weeks before the playoffs or maybe a month before the playoffs and like there was actually question marks if he would come back of course at that time we were projecting them not to make it out of the first round but he's back and yeah he's an he's a defensive difference maker like as i mentioned like In the Mavericks series, you saw Andrew Wiggins just like walked, just runs to the rim for tip dunks. There was a play where like Andrew Wiggins tried to do the same thing, but Robert Williams is there to meet him and just block the shit out of him. Like he is a, he is a defensive difference maker. Oh yeah. Jesus. And uh, I'll just read you something just fascinating. So he signed a, let's see. So he signed a, like so 49 million dollar extension um oh. this year so next year he'll be 10 million 11 million 12 million 13 million that's and pretty good you want to you, you want me to read you Rudy bear salary
1: Oh dear god i don't think you need to <laughs> i know it's gonna be a lot
0: my the the reason why i bring that up is robert williams is now granted if you put him on the jazz that would i don't know if that would if he would straight up be better than what's his face, uh, Rudy Gobert. But the fact, but the fact of the matter is, like that Robert Williams is doing for the rim protection a good 90% of it. And then on the other side, and then on the other side, he's so much better on offense. He can catch the ball. And it's just <laughs> one of those things where you just look at Rudy Gobert and it's just like, how do you justify? <laughs> rudy gobert sometimes oh, man. Not, i'm not trying to trash on rudy gobert he's a very very good player and you know he is the anchor of that defense but the, the fact is you can get a guy like robert williams like who can do 80 percent of what rudy gobert can do on a good day or like honestly 100 percent of like what rudy gobert does on a good day and then also come at literally a fourth of the price
1: hmm Yeah, I mean, there's not many centers like uh, both Rudy and Robert out there. And it's kind of nice to see that there's another Rudy that can, uh, you know, potentially be uh, a lot better in terms of, uh, I guess, performance to price that you're paying.
0: Yeah. And like, well, the re, and also the reason why Robert Williams signed such a cheap contract, he was worried about the injuries. And as you Mm. can see, it's a concern. But yeah. Like this man should be earning at least 20 million, he should be earning what Jared Allen's earning. Oh, like, yeah, and it's just, yeah, the Celtics got a steal on this one. He's signed until 2026, <laughs> so Jesus, they, they, he got he got pulling he, he, he's got a long way to go, and I hope they pay this man. But you know, a shout out to Rico Bear, this will be the only way he makes it onto Sacking's Therapy, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs>
0: Um, Anyways, yes, Robert Williams, defensive difference maker, and you know he changes the trajectory. Like Draymond cannot guard him; he's just too damn big for him.
1: Yeah, actually, how tall is this guy?
0: He's around six eleven ish, I believe.
1: Mm, let's see, NBA says six nine. Maybe with shoes, he's uh, that tall. That, that
0: motherfucker is not six nine. He is. <laughs> he's huge. Granted, Draymond is like six four barefoot, apparently. So. Eh? Like mm-hmm.
1: he just might be six nine. Yeah. <laughs>
0: did they, ne- they did not measure his hair. Is that why?
1: I don't to be honest, these measurements are always <laughs> everywhere. So who knows?
0: Well, um, let, let's move on to game four. Uh in game four, the the warriors, like they it was a close, it was a close game, although like the the Celtics basically led for much of it. They always had like a six to like nine point lead, but never really blowing the game out. And then, like in the fourth in the fourth quarter, it looked like the Celtics were dead in the water after that J- ridiculous Jalen Brown layup on the fast break for an and one. After I think Jordan Poole just sh- he didn't really shove Marcus Smart, but Marcus Smart sure as hell fell like he shoved him and got <laughs> an and one. And I thought I thought the game was over at that point, but the Celtics or the Warriors hung tough. Steph Curry is gonna Steph Curry. Klay Thompson hits a huge three. And Steph basically ices it by just hitting a shot right in Derek White's face to basically ice the game. And yeah, a very impressive performance by the Warriors. Um, Draymond was once again terrible. What did you think of the fact that he got benched, basically?
1: Uh, To be honest, I mean, let's see, who replaced him? I think... Mooney! Yeah, I think uh, Mooney had a lot better you know let's see i guess you could say rebounding or he has a a little better impact even though draymond in terms of i guess quote unquote his other stats uh he did just fine it's just his offense is just not
0: there look, look i'll say i'll always say this about draymond's defense he is the best best pick and roll defender I, i've ever seen mm-hmm. just like the, his ability to, to somehow like guard the lob and, like, to be able to get his passes, get his hands in pick-and-roll passes, you simply cannot attack him in the pick-and-roll. And, roll. and I'll, I'll give him props on that. But, like, yeah, this is – again, he was getting bullied by Robert Williams. He wasn't getting guarded out there. And Steve Kerr made the right choice to kind of bench him for a good chunk of the fourth and just go with Kavon Looney. And, you know, Looney – Looney's been so good. Like, I, I think the stat was um, – the the Warriors had two rebounds within eight minutes in eight minutes of game time. Looney checks in, immediately gets four before the quarter ends.
1: Hmm. That's interesting.
0: Like Looney is like Looney's not that big either. He's six nine, apparently. Apparently, he's the same height as Otto Porter, which is funny. Um, like he is only like six nine, okay. but his his arms are <laughs> so long. Like, I don't know if you noticed, like when he, like when he just like spreads out, he has some long, long, long ass arms.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, I seen him compete for that rebound and he, he does compete.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And like Looney, Looney was really good. Draymond did kind of like, did play like the final few minutes. Although like, uh, Steve Kerr was like doing this weird, you know, offense, defense substitution that you don't, don't usually see but like, you know, they, they ultimately pull it out a lot due to the brilliance of Steph Curry. And, you know, with contributions from Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson, like they were able to pull it out. And honestly, I was expecting them to go down three, one, like towards the end of the game. Cause I'm like, they, they look, they look dead in the water, like, like towards the end of that game.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And you know, we, I mean, we, i I knew for sure that they would take one game from uh, the Celtics' home, but this was a very tough game that they took uh, from the Celtics. I mean, if it weren't for Steph and it weren't for Quay's shot, I think, yeah, Jesus. I don't know. Is this
0: the best Steph Curry game? Sorry to cut you off, but do you think that this is the best Steph Curry game of all time? In the, play, time? In, the, in the playoffs, anyway. He has one regular season game that comes to mind when we bring that up. But, like, do you think this is the best playoff game?
1: Uh, I'd say it's one of the best, but I feel like there's another better one. And this is his only, like, what, his second best, I guess, scoring uh, in terms of the
0: finals, I believe. Yes, his first best was, I think, 47 against the Raptors where they got blown out. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, he was the only guy scoring. Uh, during Mm -hmm. that game um but yes i think this is probably his best playoff game like the there's a narrative saying that he's he's not been good in the finals if you look at his stats like overall he's been terrific in the finals it's like 26 27 points on like crazy good efficiency the issue with him is he's had some really bad ones and for some reason we only remember the bad ones like you know game seven uh 2016 they blew the 3-1 lead And then I believe like each year he has one really bad game in the finals. And that's just what people always remember. Mm -hmm. But like, I think this is, I think, you know, if the, if the, if the Warriors win this, like, I think this will, this is a signature game 41 points on just like, but you know, really good efficiency and, you know, to break what was an absolute slog for the Warriors.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if we mentioned this, but I guess you could say Curry did. Get injured in the dirt where uh Hortford uh landed on his uh way. In the and, third game, you mean? Yeah, third game, yeah. And I at, at first I thought fourth game, I mean, I was kind of questionable if he would play or not. But I mean, they said that he was ready to ace up. So yeah, him after a, like kind of a scare of uh him potentially being injured and being out and to scoring this many points. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> I was kind of surprised to be honest.
0: Apparently, uh, after game three, he was trying really hard not to limp because apparently everyone was like keeping an eye on him on like whether he was limping or not. Then, like, you know, he went he went through shoot around and he was good. So there you go.
1: I guess so. Yeah. Let's see uh, if they could pull off another one at home now.
0: What'd you think of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? I thought they were really good. It's just that, you know, the role players didn't really come through.
1: Yeah, I'd say so too. I mean, you're not going to expect them to, you know, have a great three point shooting night like uh, they did in, what was it? The first game? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know <laughs> what uh, to expect. Uh, I mean, I mean, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you could expect them to at least score 20 points each easily. Um, Yeah, just hope that uh, the rest of the team can (laughs) follow suit, I guess.
0: So you brought up this question, like, on, uh, I think, last episode. Do you think Jalen Brown, if the Celtics win this one, do you think Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum wins the finals MVP?
1: Okay, if Celtics uh, Celtics win this uh, finals, I'm kind of leaning towards Jalen Brown. I know Jason Tatum has been, uh, I guess, pretty good throughout the series, but Jalen Brown has been pretty consistent throughout each game, through and in and throughout. Um, but there was a, also another question I saw. I don't, I don't know if uh, you agree with it or not. but
0: No, I don't agree. <laughs> well,
1: what's,
0: so, the, what's the question?
1: Well, let's just say the Celtics. Now, Now, then again, this is a big what if. Because there's still three, potentially, you know, three games left in the finals. If Celtics win, and if Steph Curry continues to play how he is right now, should Curry win finals MVP?
0: If it gets the game seven, yes.
1: Now, you, you heard me say if Celtics win the finals. Yes, too, if, right?
0: if it gets the game seven, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it gets the game seven, I think I think Steph's would do. And like... I'm looking at the stats of like the two of them. The both of them are pretty good. Actually, they're very similar stats for the most part. Like granted, I think Jalen just like he's constantly attacking in a different like Jason Tatum is like it feels like he's like looking to pass a little bit more. Maybe that's why like the perception of the two is so different. But like Jalen is looking to get buckets and he, he's he's been great, but like Jason Tatum's also been great. But yes, okay. I think I think if it gets to game seven. And let's just say Steph shows out again, but like you know, just he they don't win. I think all the blame is gonna go on the team, on the Warriors team. And Steph has gotten to the point he might be kind of bulletproof at this point. Mm. So, like, I think I think I think he ends up winning, and honestly, like he's due one no matter what, because 2015, Age winning that was a travesty. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah,
0: like yeah. LeBron, LeBron's shot 40 percent sure. He also scored 38 points. Like, did, did did Iguodala really shut him down? Like, that was the <laughs> narrative. Yeah. You, again, 40% fine, 38, 8, 8, and 13. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh,
1: yes. Yeah, I mean, history already wrote itself. So, can't really, really write that.
0: And also, uh, this, like, okay. So, I had a hot take, like, you know, a, a, a bit back. I think I've always been said, said this, like, the Celtics are not a deep team in that mm. they have two guys that are great. They're 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 like 90 overalls in 2K, right? Yeah. But the rest of them is like Marcus Smart is maybe a 79, in my opinion. Like, you know, Al Horf is like a 79. Like, and then Robert Williams is, well, like, I want to say he's an 80, but like, really, he's around a 70. And then you have a bunch of guys that are, or like, you know, 79. Like, and then you have a bunch of guys that are like 70, in my opinion. And I just never thought they were a deep team. I'm not saying I'm gonna go walk back on that, but like I can see why people will say they're a better team than the Warriors. Maybe. I, I don't I don't really agree with that take. But however, I have another hot take. Okay. Jason Tatum is not that is <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to say he's not that good. He's really, really good. Mm-hmm. But you take away his threes, and you know, he hits a lot of threes. Like, you know, he was three, he was three for nine and then four for eight, right? He's been great. Yeah. You take away those threes, he's not really that big of a problem, in my opinion.
1: Mm, Yeah, I could see that.
0: Um, Is is that a wild take?
1: It might be. I want to say that they're guarding Jason Tatum a lot harsher than a guy like Jalen Brown. That's my opinion. Uh, Because I see Jason, you know, drive a lot and, you know, he's just missing a lot of layups
0: and i mean he makes a lot of crazy layups so that's the thing with him he's not that great of a finisher he really isn't Mm -hmm. for some reason i feel like a lot of people like say like seem to think he's a really good finisher not really like as you just mentioned like he goes to the rim and just throws up a lot of bullshit sometimes Mm -hmm. and yeah again not a great finisher granted there's a lot there's a really good rim protection down there
1: yeah, so it's uh it's kind of hard to say. Mm. I I guess I'm just gonna leave it up in the air to uh for you know others to debate on that because it's kind of 50-50 for me.
0: Yeah, unfortunately for unfortunately for, for me, I I'm not a fan of Jason Tatum. I'm just I'm just not yeah. <laughs> for some reason. This is one of those things. Um, but again, like he he's a great player, like he is definitely an absolute star there's no doubt about that but like i just feel like people think he's a lot better than he really is and like the step back threes are beautiful they're absolutely great take away those threes he's not much like i'm not even trying to be mean about that one
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) like in
0: game two he he shot six for nine from three great shot eight for 19 through the game Mm -hmm.
1: so
0: like yeah not and then like his his bullshit's like step back mid-range shots not really an efficient shot I'll just say so like you can live with those and yeah his finishing just isn't that good in my opinion mm-hmm.
1: yeah I'd say Jalen Brown what is yeah, Jalen uh, Brown
0: is where it's at
1: yeah in terms of finishing uh with uh, in terms of other skills I'd say I hmm, I guess it depends uh uh what skills we're talking about but I think Jason Tatum is more What's the
0: word? He's
1: better. Jason Tatum
0: is a better play. Like I'm looking at their stats right now. Like Jason Tatum is actually scoring just the just the same amount as Jalen Brown, but like getting more assists mm-hmm. and probably being more impactful. And like they're doubling him. Like they're sh- they're definitely shadowing him a lot. Like tougher than there are Jalen Brown. So mm-hmm. I get it. It's it's just you know I'm just I'm not a fan of Jason Tatum. I just feel he's a little overrated.
1: <laughs> a lot of people are going to disagree.
0: <laughs> yeah, eat my ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, especially if they Especially when they lose this finals, you can totally eat my ass on that one. Because I've never really liked Jason Tatum, and I don't even want to blame him for this. Like Big Waz has ruined me on a lot of guys. I don't like Peyton Pritchard either, even though he's probably like the nicest guy in real life. It's just, it's just something about him. It's just like I don't like you. Yeah. The same thing with Grant Williams nowadays. He's he's, he's become pretty annoying.
1: Eh, I mean, it's it's Boston. I mean, even the fans are kind of, eh. especially was it game free with uh, what they're saying to Draymond.
0: Oh, by the way, what do you think of that stuff?
1: Yeah, I'm...
0: I'll I'll be honest. I'll, I'll take. Well, go go ahead. Go ahead. I
1: don't know. It's I guess the competitive spirit, but I, again, this is this is. A, I don't know. I can't say for the whole fan base for Boston, but it's kind of I don't know it's
0: don't Do you know, know who uh do you know who Dave Portnoy is no I do not do you know Barstool Sports yes he's the he's the owner of Barstool Sports okay yeah 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 and apparently he was right behind Steve Kerr uh and the bench oh Bailey was yelling some pretty nasty shit and unfortunately for Boston fans this is not fair to characterize you guys as this a lot of you that look like J. There's a lot of you, i almost say J A lot of you that look like Dave Portnoy. I'll just say that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, all I'm gonna say is that they love the sport. They love their team. They're pretty competitive. <laughs> and they I,
0: I, I love I love basketball too, but I'm not an asshole. Maybe I am an asshole, but like that's what an asshole would say, but I'm not an asshole who goes in public and yells and yells just wild shit at other people. I'm just yeah. saying there, there's a level of class class with uh, with this. There, there are levels to this, and uh, they're definitely down to the dumps. They're definitely kind of rock bottom. They're out there with like New York and Philly. It, it's something about the East Coast. <laughs> it's just it's just more rude, if you will.
1: Yeah. They love their sports. <laughs> That's for sure. I don't think we will ever uh see that in the West Coast anytime soon. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe the too. Lakers.
0: <laughs> no, like Lakers fans don't say that shit. Like mm. as much as I don't like Lakers, they're not wild like that. So mm. yeah. I mean, it's i think it's an east coast thing because like maybe like Utah's the other one but like utah is like pure racism for the most part and of course like you know boston there's race there's a lot of racism there but like in terms of like vitriol i think it's probably like like you know it's mostly east coast in my opinion mm, yeah i so can wait see wait till the kings get good maybe we have some pretty toxic fans around here too
1: yeah we'll see <laughs> i mean i hope not or i hope it won't happen here.
0: Okay, well, that was a big long tangent. Uh, yeah, so in summary, I don't like Jason Tatum. I don't think he's any good. Granted, he be if I were to pick a boss, if I were to pick a Boston player to win Finals MVP, it'd be Jason Tatum. That that would be my that would be my token uh, praise of him. Uh, this podcast, he's a good player. I just I just don't love his game. Um, mm. So that that's just how I see it. Okay, that's all I have on my docket. You have anything else you want to quickly bring up?
1: Nope, just excited to see what happens in the the Golden State game at home tomorrow.
0: Uh, oh, a little extra news for me: I have beaten Elden Ring, and yes, I have beaten Melania. So, for those of you that for those of you that are talking about an easy mode for Elden Ring, I'm sorry, put on some put on some big boy pants. <laughs> you got to put on some <laughs> big boy pants is what I got to tell you. Yes, I am in the club of the ones that have beaten Melania. I know a lot of people around the world have. Guess what? It's a fucking achievement for me, and you can't take that shit away from me. And yeah, uh, definitely a game I would recommend. Uh, not for the fate of heart, not for the not for the weak willed, if you will. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But like it, it's a tough game. And but if you can make it through it, it is a very, very rewarding game. And it is a expansive ass game. It's fucking huge and definitely worth every penny that I paid for. A hundred hours into this. It was amazing. That being said, I'm never touching that game ever again.
1: <laughs> yeah, I still need to get to that point. Uh right now, if you guys know I'm still right before the fire giant. So yeah, still still trying to I don't know. I have, I have other stuff to do, <laughs> especially uh in Destiny 2
0: yeah that's uh that's fong's game uh but back to Elden ring i just i just said i'm not touching that game again uh i did start a samurai build but like i don't have the will to go through everything yeah. ever again ever again so i just don't probably not gonna play it much ever again and uh yeah a, a, so, you know a buddy of mine actually asked me like hey are you gonna start new game plus one of my like, <laughs> no i'm not fucking touching that, not touching that i'm done it's 100 hours of my life just putting into this i'm, I'm done. It's, it, it was great while it lasted but it, it's it's there's only so much time i can put into one game because i gotta go into other games i bought final fantasy 7 i just started playing it like i spent i spent more money on that game because they had an expansion but like yeah I, I, I gotta play other games so elder Ring. it was fun while it lasted i'm glad i was able to beat that game
1: let's see are you gonna get the dlc if it ever comes out
0: maybe i don't know i don't know I really don't. It depend, depends on what the DLC is.
1: Mm, I see.
0: Okay, well, that's uh, that's all I have on my docket. If you don't have anything else, uh, I'm going to end this episode, so uh, thank you guys for listening to this one. There was a lot of rambling. Uh, I did not expect this episode to be this long, but here we are. So, again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one.
1: All right, then. Well, we'll see you guys later.